0: Sentire media. Hello, you. You're listening to A History of Italy Special Halloween Episode The Ghost of Azzurrina. Little Sylvia finally had a moment to sit down. She had been rushing around all morning, helping her parents out in the tavern. A merchant on his way to San Marino had stopped by with his servants and escort, sending her parents into an organizational frenzy, sending her on errands for more bread, more wine, more eggs. The group had wolfed down their meal and then got back on the road quickly to beat the weather. A storm was coming. That was also why some of the locals could be found in the tavern today, and not out in the fields. This hadn't come about for a while, for it hadn't rained in a while. The people of the village had hoped and prayed, and the priest had even organized a procession, all to no avail. Now, finally, the sky began to rumble, but a lot of the damage had been done. Old Girolamo, sitting in the corner, looked up as the peal of thunder rolled over them. It'll be too little too late. Some in the room nodded grimly. Girolamo then turned to look up towards the castle above them. You know what the problem is? Many now turned back to their drinks, some rolling their eyes. They had heard this lamentation before. It's that demon child. Silvia followed his gaze up to the castle. She had heard that there was a little girl up there, hidden away, who never came down, never seen. She had been born with white hair. Some people in the village said that it was a sign that she was a demon, the child of the devil himself, and that it was her fault that it had not rained for so long. How strange she must look, a little girl with hair like her nonna Gemma. She wondered what games the little girl played. Did she like singing and dancing? Did she have to do chores? Was she maybe looking down, even now, towards the village? What was her name? Gwendolina put her favourite toy aside for a moment... And climbed up onto the windowsill. From there she could look down into the village. She often sat for long periods staring down and imagining what the people were doing down there. She often saw them moving around in and out of buildings and also saw many children around her age. She longed to go down and play with them as they ran and laughed but she was never allowed out of the castle. As she leaned forward to get a better look, not really taking much notice of the gathering clouds in the distance, a lock of bluish-tinged hair dropped in front of her eyes, and she put it back behind her ear. She did not understand, but her hair somehow made her mother sad. It was white, and Gwendolyn knew that that was not normal because no one around her had white hair, not even in the paintings. The old priest that said mass in the castle chapel did, as did some of the older people that she sometimes saw down in the village. But she didn't feel like an old person. Her mother had tried to put strange smelling things in her hair, and at first she seemed to be very happy when the hair got darker. But then it went this strange blue colour that had made her mother sad again. Gwendolina was sorry for her mother, but she also liked the name that her father's soldiers had given her. They sometimes played with her and made her laugh, and they called her Azzurrina, Little Blue. They made sure not to call her that when her mother or father were around. She looked away from the window and towards the door. Out in the hall she could see the shadows of Ruggero and Domenico, the two guards her father left with her all the time. She did not understand why a little girl needed to be protected. Her father said that it was because people sometimes believe strange things and may want to hurt her, but that was all he would say. She now looked over to the corner of the room where her mother sat embroidering. After a few seconds, she looked up and smiled at Gwendolyna, but the smile didn't reach her eyes. The little girl longed to see her mother happy. What was she thinking now? Clarice felt her daughter's gaze upon her and looked up, smiling at the little girl. She was so beautiful, even with that ghastly blue hair. Her large, blue eyes shone out of her little face, which was just starting to thin out and become less that of a small child. She had tried to dye her hair using plant extracts of different kinds, but nothing ever worked. So she and her husband, Uguchone had seen it fit to keep the girl hidden away from the stares and whispers of the villagers. She didn't trust all the soldiers either, and she knew that they called the girl Azzurrina when they thought she wasn't listening. At least it seemed that, of the two outside the door, Domenico genuinely cared for the girl. Father Carlo had said that all the talk in the village was nonsense, silly beliefs of the ignorant peasants. But how could she brush it all aside when she knew that some believed her daughter to be some sort of demonic creature? And what did that make her? The bride of Satan? She made sure Gwendolina was no longer looking at her and made the sign of the cross. Just then, a thunderclap made her look up and out of the window. She wondered if Uguccione was all right and on his way back, if he would be caught in the coming storm. As the sky rumbled, Uguccioni looked up and over at the hill of Montebello in the distance, home. He made a quick calculation and guessed that they would not beat the storm. They would have to find a place to stay and get moving later, unless the storm lasted longer, and then they would have to stay for the night. God knew that the farmers of his village needed some rain. He had been uneasy about the mood of some of the villagers when he had left on his expedition uneasy about leaving Clarice and Gwendolina with so few soldiers. Still, the castle would be no easy task for a bunch of angry peasants with no siege equipment, and he had told the captain he had left behind to keep an extra pair of eyes and ears about. Also, orders were orders. Lord Galeotto Malatesta had commanded him to move against a group of brigands who were operating in the area, causing grief to passing merchants. He did not want to betray his lord's trust. After all, Montebello was a vital position at the confines of the Malatesta holdings, close to the Montefeltro and the Republic of San Marino. He had thought the name of the castle, Montebello, had always meant beautiful mountain, and it was. That was until a priest had told him that it was not Bello in Italian, but it came from the Latin bellum, war. Apparently the Romans had had a hard time conquering the native people of the area. Now, as the sea winds headed inland and hit the first rise in the land at the start of the Apennines, causing storm clouds to gather, he felt it was a more appropriate name. There was nothing for it. They would have to seek refuge. There was no reason to believe that Clarice and Guendolina were in any danger. Domenico at least would take good care of the girl. Ruggiero he knew did not like being left behind to babysit at all but Domenico understood that he had left them in charge with what was most precious to him in the world. He knew the girls would be safe. It's just that he had this uneasy feeling a foreboding. Ruggero sighed as the shadows started to lengthen in the hallway due to the darkening sky. He hated this, always being left behind to take care of the Signora's little abomination, the ghastly freak. He could have been out there on the field making a name for himself, and why not? Maybe getting his hands on some of the booty those brigands had stored up before anyone could notice. Lord Ugoccione was usually generous with them anyway, but a little extra wouldn't hurt. Instead, he was stuck here, like some sort of wet nurse. He looked over at Domenico. What was that idiot smiling about? He acted as if the little brat was his own or something. The fool. He was probably just a coward, happy to stay in the castle. Domenico stood daydreaming, as he often did. It helped to pass the long hours of guard duty. He knew he was an accomplished fighter and a loyal soldier, which is why Lord Uguccione had trusted him with the safekeeping of Azzurrina. He did not understand all the talk of abominations and demons. He was always one for practical things. All he saw was a delightful little girl. He even liked her strange-looking bluish hair. He often imagined that he would have his own family one day, once he made a little money. Perhaps in one of the many battles the Malatesta were always fighting. Then he would have a nice strong boy, he could teach how to fight, maybe a bit of land of his own, and of course a little girl like Azzurrina, who would come in in the evening and ask for stories of his glory days. He liked that idea. The first few drops of rain started to fall out in the courtyard and on the rooftops. Domenico went over to the window that had been opened on this hot summer day. It was the 21st of June, the summer solstice apparently, but that didn't mean much to him. Just then the Lady Clarice strode out of the room, saying that she was heading down to instruct the kitchen staff. Domenico nodded and then turned and looked down to see little Lady Azzurrina had come into the doorway to see her mother head off. As the rain began to patter on the window, mother looked up from her work, sighed, and then put it aside as she got up. I don't think your father will be back any time soon, my angel. I'm going to instruct the kitchen staff. You stay here with Ruggiero and Domenico. With that, she strode out of the room. Gwendolina picked up her ball made of rags and followed her mother out. Domenico turned and looked at her and smiled, while Ruggiero stared ahead looking almost angry. The little girl looked at the long corridor outside of the room and wondered if she could roll her ball all the way to the end. She took another look at Domenico and smiled. Then, after a quick glance at Ruggiero, she rolled the ball just as father had shown her and then went running after it. It did not reach the end, but she was sure she had rolled it further and faster than last time. As she neared the ball, a louder, closer clap of thunder scared her. The rain was falling hard now and really loud. She turned to reach for the ball. It had moved. She looked around. Had it been the wind? She didn't feel any, and she was sure she had heard someone close the window out onto the courtyard. Seeing it now, she saw that it was indeed shut. She turned to her ball, it had moved even further. It was now on top of the stairs, down to the cold cellar, where her father and mother had told her never to go. She reached for the ball, and as she watched, it moved ever so slightly. Balanced on the top step for a second And then went bouncing down Into the darkness below Gwendolina bit her lip She knew she wasn't supposed to go down there But it was her favourite toy She had even given it a name Rotolo, Rolly And now Rolly was down there Alone in the dark Even if he had been naughty And rolled down there on his own She thought for a moment of asking the guards to get it for her, but she was a little afraid of Ruggiero. What's more, she was no helpless little baby. She was a big girl now. She plucked up her courage and started down the stairs. Domenico was startled from his revelry by a blood-curdling sound. The scream of a young girl not a scream of surprise or pain, but of pure terror. He had been watching Azurina as she played with the ball, then he had been distracted by a loud clap of thunder, and had looked out of the window and started to wonder how his comrades were faring, and if they had been caught in the storm. Upon hearing the scream, he turned to see a deserted corridor, heading down to the entrance to the cold cellar. It was the only place the girl could have gone, for there were no windows on that side, and there was no other way out. He dashed over to the other end of the hall, Ruggiero calling after him, and clattered down the stairs to find himself in an old, dimly lit room full of perishable foodstuffs, but no little girl. Small as she was, there was nowhere she could have hidden, nor could she have come back their way without them noticing her. The whole castle was alerted, and soon enough, they had searched every nook and cranny of the relatively small fortress. There was no sign of Gwendolina anywhere. Sylvia looked up at the castle in the rain. Ever since the little Lady Azzurrina had disappeared, there had been a lot of rain. Before, there had been too little, now too much and that was just as bad for the crops. It seemed that the sky was weeping for the loss of the little girl. At first some had been relieved, and old Girolamo in particular had felt that he had been proven right, with the demon girl gone. God had thought to bless them with rain again, but now the old man was likely regretting all of his talk, if he was even still alive. When they had found no sign of the girl in the castle, when Lord Uguccione had returned, he had come down into the village and started to question the inhabitants. Everyone who had ever uttered a word against Gwendolina had been rounded up and questioned, some even tortured. They had come back after a few days, but there had been no sign of Girolamo. Lord Uguccione, who had been respected in the village, if not liked, had gone mad with grief, and had been consumed by a dark rage. Now, almost a month later, things had quieted down. There had not been a single trace of Gwendolina. Almost six and a half centuries have passed since Gwendalina vanished from the castle of Montebello in 1375 in the modern-day province of Rimini, once under the control of the Malatesta family. No sign or mention has ever been found. To be honest, there is no actual evidence that the little girl ever really existed, but why ruin a good old story with historical precision? Indeed, that is not the end of Azzurina's story. In the 1980s, the castle was open to visitors again. It is since that time that, on the night of the summer solstice, approximately every five years, strange happenings occur. Unsettling noises, drafts where there should be none. Teams of paranormal experts have been sent in to investigate, and have come away, with some very interesting recordings which they will play for you when you visit the castle or more simply if you look them up on YouTube. The first known recording from 1990 was during a thunderstorm like the day Dalina disappeared. You can hear the thunderstorm and a small voice moaning or crying quietly and perhaps the word mamma. Then more recordings 1995, 2000, 2003, 2005, and so on. In one, something similar to a heartbeat. In another, a scream. Yet another, chanting sounds. Everything, of course, easily a hoax to attract tourists to the castle. Or not. Definitely not for one team of investigators who, while searching for some trace of the long-lost girl, claimed to have managed to communicate with some sort of sentient presence. When they asked the question, Are you Gwendolina?" the response came, I'm here. Thank you very much for listening to this special Halloween episode of the A History of Italy podcast about Azzurrina, the ghost of Montebello Castle. If you want, you can visit the castle of Montebello if you are visiting the area of Rimini or Italy in general. Also, if you'd like, you can get in touch with us, hello, at ahistoryofitaly.com, and make sure you look up the rest of the podcast, subscribe and review, and all that wonderful podcast listener stuff that you can do to help us gain visibility. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and until next time...